Hey, Sam. Ooh, hi, Bev. Ooh. <laughs> that was quite the sound effect. <laughs> that was extra. <laughs> yeah, which you made up for my lack of beverage noise. So, you know, you just stole the show. And oh, good. <laughs> that's good because Sam is measuring her alcohol for oh, 2019. Yeah. Woo! Yay! counting points <laughs> yay drinking responsibly yay <laughs> so what did you just open over there so i opened a left-hand brewing company chai milk stout Ooh, and it's a nitro beer nice that was what that sound was that we heard it was the nitrous canister opening up oh. i was not expecting it to be quite so vocal um, but, uh, this is a good opportunity to tell everybody what nitrogen added to a beer does. Cause you don't usually get to do that with beers from home. Mm-hmm. It's usually like at a brewery. Um, but left hand has like this proprietary, um, process for adding the nitrous for beers that you can consume at home. And, uh, what nitrogen does to a beer is it changes the mouthfeel so that it's smoother um, usually like traditional CO2 beers have kind of like a bitey like feel in your mouth. Um, but these kind of feel like you're drinking a milkshake instead, which oh, is kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Fun, fun, fun. So what are you drinking over there? So I have, and I'm going to probably say this all wrong, um, from Le Rousse Renard. It's from France. In the uh, Groot de Gascoigne, I don't know. It's some part of France <laughs> that does wine really well. But it's a white blend. It's got really cute, like, fox design on the front of it. And it's been in my fridge for a while, so I figured I'd try it. And it's a 2015. Um, it's pretty, um, I would say it's a pretty friendly white blend, um, and it pairs well with things like seafood and cheese, apparently, according to the pictures on the back of the bottle, um, because who doesn't like pictures instead of words? Yeah, I mean, uh- pictures are way easier to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yes, it says that it's just a really good wine to share and a really good wine to pair with dinner because it's light and it goes with different things. And I would have to agree. It's pretty delicious. Well, neat. Cheers to that. Cheers. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. Yes. And we are a farm comedy podcast where we drink and talk about farming things and make a shit ton of mistakes. And then we tell you all about them. Yeah. We like to think that we have discussions that provide new knowledge and entertainment. And we go off on tangents a whole heck of a lot. Yes, we do. And when we decide to record those tangents, um, we post them over on Patreon uh, for free for the general public to listen to. We did not go on any tangents today, but you can listen to previous tangents over there for free by visiting patreon.com slash drink and farm. Yeah. And speaking of the Patreon, our drinks this episode are sponsored by Jessica Hawkins, which is at It's Just the Hot Mess. So cheers, lady. Cheers. And thank you very much. Yes, yes. Our Patreon page is a cool place where you can support this podcast should you choose to. And there's a few different fun uh, tiers. And one of them is buying our beverages, though those are sold out 
at the moment. Yes. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. I feel like I, I'm like Elvis today. Just thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's good to uh, channel the king every now and then. Yes. Yes. My grandma's a big fan. And so one of my rooster's names is um is Elvis. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I have an Elvis. And then I had a Priscilla, but she passed away, unfortunately. Oh. So rest in peace, Priscilla. Yes. I, can I just say, too, I feel like such a weirdo right now because I have really dry hands right now and I hate lotion. So I ordered from Amazon a pair of gloves that moisturize your hands when you wear them. <laughs> like, a, like, I don't even know who wears these, but I hate lotion so much. And I like, I'm like, when would be the most convenient time for me to wear these? And apparently, I think when I'm recording the podcast. So I'm holding my my glass of wine in uh in my gloved hands, and my hands are like in these fuzzy gel purple lavender scented gloves right now. So if you guys needed a visual, um, there you go. That is an amazing visual, and that's one of the reasons why podcasts are awesome. Yes, because you can do whatever you want, look at whatever you want, and nobody knows unless you just tell them how ridiculous you feel or look <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but I, I have, like, random bouts of eczema, and it's been really bad. I think it's triggered by stress usually, and I got it right before the holidays. Mm, and then it just, yeah. like, peels and bleh. And then I worked outside all day and like it just irritated it. So I'll let you guys know if these are worth the purchase. <laughs> yeah, if they are, there will be a link to them in the show notes. Uh, yes. In case anybody else suffers from skin issues, especially during the winter. I mean, winter is rough, even yeah. on like skin that doesn't usually end up having dryness issues. So yeah, I normally don't. So, yeah, I, I'll let you guys know. We're not getting kickback for this. I'm just oversharing. <laughs> That's what we do on this podcast. We, we drink do. and we overshare things. We do. <laughs> so do we have any follow-up from previous weeks? Yes, yes. I do have a bit of follow-up. So I cannot remember which episode it was, and it was so far back I couldn't find it. But um, whatever episode it was, I had just bought my latte machine because I mm. finally gave up on the fact that um, a coffee machine that I had backed on Kickstarter like four years ago was not coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so I had also mentioned that I backed an automatic chicken door recently. Oh, yeah. Well, that came in last week and Ooh. we got it installed on the coop okay so do you love it so far yes i love it so far uh we've had it installed for three or four nights now and it's pretty freaking game changing around here yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um but the automatic chicken door that i got is called the hatch and it's made by these two guys in montana and i've already reached out to them because i like it so much and we're gonna interview them on the podcast i just don't know when Sometime, you know, when it's slow for them and slow for us and, you know, all that fun uh, 
jiggling Lo- around of schedules yeah. thing. Logistics. Yeah, logistics. Because I really want them to tell everybody about it. I'll list it just like a handful of the features because I honestly don't know what other chicken doors have because I never like looked to buy one. I just happened to stumble across this Kickstarter and was like, hey, cool. Two guys want to come out with a product. I'll back that. Yeah. <laughs> Because I like doing weird stuff like that. Um, but it was basically plug and play. Like it just plugged into the electricity that we had in the coop. But if you're if you don't have electricity in your coop or you're off grid, they have like a little off grid kit as well oh. that just um, has like a tiny solar panel that they send you that mounts to the outside of the coop and will run it for you. But we had to frame ours because our pop door was apparently not standard size, but I don't know what a standard size is on a chicken coop. <laughs> mm, I don't know either. <laughs> but framing it was super easy. Um, and it also has like a daylight sensor on it. So it opens and closes with the daylight. It has temperature lockout control. So when the temperatures get like really far in the negatives, I mean, here in Southern Ohio, if it got to like negative 10, I would keep our chickens inside the right. to keep yeah. them from getting frostbite. Other parts of the country, you'll have to, you know, you you decide how cold is too cold for your chickens. Because I know that that's really not that cold compared to a lot of places. <laughs> right. Or it is really cold compared to some other places. <laughs> yeah. Or it is really cold compared to, say, like Florida. Florida right. would die if it was negative 10. <laughs> All the whole of Florida. State. The Boom. whole thing. Gone. It would be gone. <laughs> <laughs> and it also has, like, this no hen left behind feature. So it closes. And then it waits five minutes, opens back up for a few minutes and then closes again so if oh somebody was running behind they could like you know get in <laughs> which is pretty cool and it also closes with 40 pounds of force so oh, that means that like a predator can't keep it from closing okay um that also means that if a hen falls asleep in it it doesn't have like you know like that garage door feature oh but it's pretty loud so i can't imagine a hen staying in the doorway yeah Uh, but somebody did tell me a story on my instagram that they had a hen get caught in their automatic door so i am keeping an eye out for that but my chickens don't hang out in the doorway so i don't know if that's a thing yeah, I guess you'll find out the hard way. If yeah, it is I'll find out the hard for way for your flock. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can really prevent that. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Well, I I am out there when it opens and closes just because I'm curious for now. Oh. <laughs> Do you take some popcorn out there with you? <laughs> I should. That's a good idea. Coffee in the morning, <laughs> beer at night. There you go. Um, but what's pretty cool about having the automatic chicken door is like we'll be able to take day trips a little easier without worrying about the Mm -hmm. chickens because like you know they'll go in at night by themselves and the door will just close right so we don't have to worry about raccoons or anything getting in after them because we weren't there to close their door um also my 13 year old is the one that's responsible for the morning and evening chores with the chickens so now he doesn't have to set an alarm to get up (laughs) oh so he really likes it (laughs) yeah he just gets to go check on them like mid-morning to make sure they have food and water and gather the eggs and stuff. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it, it's super neat. Um, and also, I'll feel a little less guilty asking people to watch our farm if the chickens don't require so much work. Yeah, that's a really good point. So do you know like what that retails for if somebody wanted to get one? I think it's $200. Hmm. I think that's pretty standard for most other doors that I've seen. Yeah, it was relatively reasonable because I backed it on Kickstarter as like an early person. I think I paid one seventy five, but I think the regular retail is two hundred. Yeah, so there we go. 
I have an automatic chicken coop door. I'll keep everybody posted. <laughs> Your chickens are living the high life. <laughs> they really are. They have a relatively like standard coop. And I mean, from my Instagram pictures, you can tell there's chicken shit like all over the walls in there i mean (laughs) but if there's not chicken shit in your coop i don't know if we can be friends because i can't live up to those expectations of not having chicken shit like on the ledges or on the walls at least a little bit yeah i mean and if there's no chicken shit in your coop are there even chickens in there (laughs) or if it's one of those things where you like pressure wash the inside of your coop put all the fresh shavings down like pose some chickens strategically, take a picture, and then two seconds later they start shitting everywhere. Like if we're gonna be <laughs> pretty real. much, yeah. <laughs> but I understand in better homes and gardens, like they can't show chicken shit all over the walls. Like that's not pretty. Yeah, no, it's not pretty whatsoever. Mm. Oddly enough, though, my most liked photo on Instagram is the one where you can clearly see that the decorations on the back of the walls are giant streaks of chicken shit. Well, it's kind of amazing. I just think that. That just shows that your audience appreciates your authenticity. (laughs) There we go. So we have some more goat stuff this week. Yay, goats. Who doesn't like goats? Goats are the best. They are. And they're made even better when they multiply. Yes. So I'm trying to breed my goats, but I messaged my breeder, Mm -hmm. whom I know and love and trust very, very much, and he can't offer stud services anymore. Oh, why not? Uh, He's having some issues with his neighbors. Ugh. So, yeah, I know, which is like the worst. Yeah. Um, But I guess what has happened is he has too many or he had too many goats on his lot, you know, like for his lot size because there's different state and local regulations that decide those things. And I guess some neighbors got irritated with the goats at some point (sighs) and there were some threats of some kind and he had to get rid of several adult goats. And unfortunately... It was um, the two bucks that were not related to three quarters of my herd. Oh, no. <laughs> he still has one buck, but it's the one that sired three of my does okay. that I'm trying to breed, which um, makes it a little difficult for me because that's not really a great way to breed your goats. Right. Yeah. And that's not to say that like... Your goats can't be related to each other when they're breeding. It's just that the sire daughter breeding is not one that is recommended. Okay. See, I was just wondering about that because Matt asked me, like, well, what are you, like, if we keep any of the boys, if if the does have boys, are we going to fix them? And I was like, I don't. No, like I'd have to think about it because like that's a long term strategy decision and I haven't done enough research on genetics and breeding for goats to fully understand like if it's okay to breed like with rabbits, they call it breeding back. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's not okay, like what are the pros? What are the cons? Things like that. So it's like you read my brain. (laughs) 
Oh, good. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So I was going to say, I believe that like buckling mother is a fine direction hmm. to breed. Um, but we'll have to dig into that just a tiny bit more. I don't know exactly why the sire daughter is not recommended, but so like goat genetics are are kind of interesting. Um, but when it comes to breeding, you want to make sure that you keep a variety of genetics in your herd, which is why, you know, having a bunch of goats that aren't related when you get started is kind of a good way to go about it. Mm -hmm. And there's a saying in the goat breeding world that it's called inline breeding if it works and inbreeding if it doesn't. <laughs> so that's a very simplified way to look at it. Yeah. But having good bucks is the easiest way to get good genetic traits in your herd. And when you're line breeding, um, what ends up happening is it accentuates the good qualities and the bad qualities. Okay. So, like, if the buckling has any ne negative traits like aggression or, like, mom has low milk production, then those traits get accentuated in the offspring if they're bred in line with other goats that they have relationships with. Okay. So, the best way to get, about, get around that is to have more bucks and more does that aren't related. More goats. <laughs> more goats. The answer goats. is more goats. And it's not just because we want everybody to have more goats. It's legitimately that you need them if you're going to be breeding. I like that. Yeah. I mean, more goats seems like a hard and fast rule that mm -hmm. everybody can stick to, mm -hmm. right? I mean, unless your lot size is not big enough for more goats. Right. Then don't get more goats. Yeah. Because you don't want to have to sell goats you don't want to sell. Trust me. Right. Exactly. I can't even imagine like the mental anguish of that whole thing yes it is important to read your zoning in township or city or whatever rules before you make decisions like that i found out that i can have like 10 goats per acre and we have seven acres so i'm golden yeah 70 goats oh my god <laughs> i just spent the majority of the day cleaning out the barn that we'd really been like slacking on because we need to set up birthing stalls and I am in so much pain and it's yeah, still not like completely done. And that's like, yeah, that's like five goat poop. 70? No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So basically I have two choices that I have to go with if I'm going to breed my does. Um, one of them is find a farm that offers stud service mm -hmm. or I can get a buckling now and he'll be ready to service the ladies in the summertime. Do it. Do it! <laughs> I knew you'd say that. More goats. <laughs> More goats! This is the theme of this episode. Yeah. More goats. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing is, though, I'd really need two bucklings because I have four does that need to be bred. <laughs> and if I want to maintain genetic diversity, I should probably go ahead and just bite the bullet and get both of them right off the bat. Yeah. I also just finished all of my paperwork for, like, all of the goat registries. So my eyeballs are, like, swimming and goat jargon and <laughs> checks and credit cards and yeah because no they're not like standardized the way that you have to do it each each uh organization is separate we'll have to do a whole episode on registering the goats with the different organizations it was it was quite a week <laughs> but as soon as we do that episode don't you feel like they're gonna change something or tweak something or do you feel like it just never changes and that's why it's not standard or you know 
It never changes, and that's why it's not standard, and it's oh. so bad, and it's so old school. Yeah. Lovely. Come on, lovely, people. Lovely. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> Have I told you lately how much easier my life has been since I discovered the Grubbly Farm subscription option? Um, put a tune to that, and it could be a catchy new jingle. <laughs> no, but I'm being serious. <laughs> My seven-year-old is in charge of putting the chickens back in the run mid-afternoon, and since grublies are the only thing that brings them running, we use tons every day. I'm not really sure whether she's just being super generous or she has really big hands for a small child. She inherited my hands. But don't you just love the treat tank? It keeps all the critters out and keeps those grublies fresh. Yeah, um, because that's her job. She also is in charge of putting away the treat tank, and she left it outside in the rain yesterday. But luckily, the Grublies were safe inside the treat tank. Nothing got ruined. Yay! Woohoo, treat tank! Keep your treat tanks full with a subscription. They always ship free, save you 10%, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. So head over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to save 15% off your first one-time order or the first month of your subscription. So right now I am weighing the pros and cons of owning a buck or using a stud service. Yes, because, you know, I feel like I've seen people successfully do stud service before, but I've also seen some weird shady shit in the goat groups I'm in of people doing stud service. And with my level of anxiety and paranoia, um, I would, I feel like personally, I would really have to trust the person um, and know them. And yeah, uh, but owning bucks is a whole different rodeo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it was really funny. One of the farms that I messaged about stud service here in my area, she wrote me back. She was like, I don't do stud service, but I do sell bucklings. And they're really easy, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, liar. you just want to sell me goats. <laughs> yes. But honestly, like, we have a buckling here. Um, and he is just lovely. But we raised him from, like, one week old. So he's very friendly. And, you know, it's really nice to have him available because we can breed the girls and not have to worry about the safety or the health of all the other goats, um, of keeping them on the farm in a closed herd. So that's one of the pros of owning a buck, other than just their adorable beards, and their beards are pretty great. And that little... Yeah. Yeah, the little noises they make when they want to get it on. Yeah, it's adorable. Oh, is that their get it on noise? Oh, yeah, that's Toots. He does it and, like, he'll even go after the our weathers. He'll, oh. Yeah, he'll sniff their butts and go... <laughs> so, He's like, dude, I know the balls aren't there anymore, but I promise there's nothing there for you. It's like... Toot, you really don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, uh, keeping animals is fun. Yes, you learn so much. Circle of life. Yeah. Um, no more qualms about sexy time. No. But, you know, there. I think there are definitely some cons to having um, your own bucks. And number one for us is that bucks just stink. 
because they pee on their front legs, they pee on their face, they pee on their beard, because the ladies like the stinky smell, apparently. And in the hot summer, um, when there's a nice warm breeze, it (laughs) wafts all the way to the house. You can't keep your windows open anymore when you no, have a buck. <laughs> oh, you no. cannot. No. But I have noticed that since we've spent some quality time, you know, trimming his nails, which, mind you, that is me holding him and my husband clipping him, um, he, he doesn't smell as bad in the winter. I will give him that. Oh, okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. But, like, in addition to stinking, you've got to build a separate pasture area for them and separate housing Mm -hmm. because you can't keep them together all the time if you're going to use your doe's milk Uh, because I I think we mentioned this last episode also but um, the buck will make the goat's milk taste like what they smell like Mm. which is pretty bad yeah so we're working on separate quarters now for that very reason (laughs) yeah I mean, and it can be costly to build extra fence or Mm -hmm. new little shelters or put in extra stuff inside your barn. I mean, that's definitely not something to be taken lightly. No, it definitely takes some planning. But luckily, like the gestation period is like five months. So if you think your dough is knocked up, you have some time to figure it out. That's true. I mean, and that was one of the things that I told my husband when the nice lady mentioned that she would just sell me some really good quality bucklings. Mm-hmm. And he just sighed <laughs> like, in, that, <laughs> in that I've given up, <laughs> do what you have to do way. And I was like, well, but on the bright side, we wouldn't have to build anything for probably another nine or 10 months. Yeah. Because we would bottle raise him. He would go live with the rest of the goats once he got big enough to not be picked on by them. And then he would breed them when he was ready. And like as he got close to sexual maturity, I'd probably put like a marking thing on him so that I would know like when he was mounting and starting to breed with the ladies Mm -hmm. so that I'd have an idea because it's really hard to tell whether a goat's pregnant. You can do blood tests, though, if you are really curious. Yeah. Male, Male order blood tests you don't even have to go to a vet anymore for them interesting yeah so i mean that is definitely an option because like you mentioned paying for a stud service like either your does have to go to the bucks for like three or four weeks to make Mm -hmm. sure that they get bred or you have to house the buck which can be pretty freaking scary if you don't already have a relationship with that farm right exactly yeah i mean because you're worried about the safety of your does And you'll also have to, like, prove to the farm that you're dropping your does off or that, you know, if you're bringing their buck to you, you have to prove that your herd doesn't have CAE, CL, or Johan's disease, um, which are three really terrible goat diseases. And we'll get to those in just a little bit. Um, And you'll want to make sure that you get the paperwork from the buck's farm as well proving that he doesn't have any of those things because you don't want to you don't want to expose your herd to any of those things either right so it's not really as like casual as like picking somebody up at the bar um and bringing them home not knowing what they have so (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
This is a little more coordinated for obvious reasons. It's called biosecurity. <laughs> yes, biosecurity is um, extremely serious. Yes, even though we're making jokes about it, but that's just because we take things that are sad or scary or cause anxiety and make jokes about them because that's how Sam copes anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's how we take things that are really scary and uncomfortable and make them tolerable. Yes. So oh, you yeah. threw out like alphabet soup with the acronyms. So I feel like we should go through and break down what the diseases are that you just listed. Yes. Um. So CAE is a virus that's kind of like HIV and AIDS, um, mm. but it's for goats. Uh, and it's transmitted through the colostrum, the milk or other bodily fluids, um, you know, semen, yeah, saliva, you know what. Right. What leaks out of people's bodies. Dude, that um, just sounds really gross when you say leaks <laughs> out of it. bodies. At least I didn't say moist. <laughs> Oops, you just did. <laughs> and like this disease is totally devastating to a goat's health and milk production, but it's not transmittable to humans. So it's not, um, you know, it's not dangerous to the people. Okay. Um, but you can pasteurize milk from CAE positive goats and still drink it apparently I don't know if I would but the internet research says it's okay so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) and uh, CAE is incurable and untreatable but yeah so there isn't a vaccine for this one correct yeah no there is no vaccine and supposedly they're not even working on one so oh kind of a bummer yeah so then I see that the CL stands for caseus lymphadenitis. Is that how you say that one? Uh, yeah, let's go with it. Okay. But we're just going to call it CL just in case. Um, yeah. <laughs> this one is caused by a bacteria that the goat's lymph system is able to filter to the outside of the animal's body into encapsulated abscess thereby eliminating its ability to make the goat ill. I feel like I just said a lot of things that did not make sense. So basically what it does is it takes the disease and sticks it to the outside of the body in like pus-filled nasty abscesses. Ew. I guess I could have just put that in the show notes instead of science (laughs) jargon, but that was way more fun to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So is this one uh, human safe or is this something we need to be very careful with? Like bumblefoot is a staph infection, right? So you should really wear gloves if you're extracting that. Um, Yeah, because like it can be transmitted to humans, but I heard it's like pretty rare. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Better safe than sorry. Put the gloves on because nobody wants to be like, you know... Having pus all over hands. I mean, Dr. Pimple Popper even wears gloves when she goes after her, you know, passion of popping pimples. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see in my notes that you have to swallow the pus in order to get it. Oh! But still. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't. It sounds awful. <laughs> or I guess if you rub it into a cut, all of those are yeah, bad things, yeah, so yeah. Don't just, do that. Just keep it away from your mouth hole and other openings in your body <laughs> that are naturally there or not so naturally. But it Fair is good, it is good to know that um, this does not pass through the colostrum, milk, or other bodily fluids. It's just this one little pus-filled um, pus sac 
thing. Yeah, pus filled pus. <laughs> Which is why like other goats get it because you know they like all rub up against each other and headbutt oh, each other and stuff. Yeah. So like it's once you find it in your herd, like you got to take that animal out. Okay. And then monitor everybody else because if you leave them, because it's not curable. Okay. So, um, yeah. Um, it, did we already mention this? You can vaccinate against it? No. Okay. Yeah. You can vaccinate against it, though. Okay. Which I did not know until doing this research. So Ta-da! there's that. <laughs> the more you know. We say that a lot. Yes. I feel like we should really just get the sound effect that goes with that. We might have to pay some rights to them, though, for that. (laughs) So what was the last one that you mentioned? So the last one is Johan's disease, and it's spelled like John's disease, but it is definitely pronounced Johan's. I don't know if, like, that's just how the Amish pronounce John. I don't don't know where this name came from. I mean, it's not a, like spell it how you say it or say it how you spell it kind of situation. <laughs> Definitely not. But Johan sounds Amish. Yeah, a little bit. But what what is it exactly? It's the goat equivalent to chronic wasting disease. Oh. And we've talked about that in deer. Yes. So how does this one show up in, uh, in your herd then? So because it's like chronic wasting disease, I think ill goats are super obvious. Um, yeah yeah, they'll be really thirsty they'll be showing all the signs like like deer do for chronic wasting disease um they'll be like rubbing their um it's also called like the scratchies or uh, i can't remember what the what the the slang word is for johan's disease but there is a slang word and it has to do with how the goats rub themselves up against things because they're itchy okay unless i just totally mixed two things up i'll correct myself next week Um, but one of the worst things about Johan's disease um, is that it's so it, it's crazy contagious, but it lives in the soil like for forever. They have no idea how long it lives for. Um, so it's a really long time. So basically, when it shows up in a herd, you can't have another herd there. Oh, OK. Um, I, I might have to burst your bubble, though, because I just Googled it. And it says it's pronounced Yonis. Oh, dang it. (laughs) We're going to have to re-record all that shit. No, 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 no. I think this is fine, though, because it shows that we make mistakes and we correct ourselves. And it's okay, because I'm pretty sure that I slaughtered the name of my wine earlier. But that's fine, too. There we go. All right, fine. I don't know where I got this pronunciation, Johans, because I put the pronunciation earlier up in the show notes and i typed it out as johans eh. yonis well it's, it's so still funny. a weird way to spell yonis <laughs> it just makes me think yo mama <laughs> there's only one e there <laughs> yonis it yonis. sounds french because the bottle of wine does not look like how it's said i youtubed how to say that and i still slaughtered it so <laughs> it happens. But yes, Yoni's and aka Johan's sounds like it's really bad and that it shows up and it you, you can't get rid of it. Yeah, um they're definitely recommending that Yoni's infected goats just get cold 
when you find them. But apparently Aww. the meat is safe to eat. I mean, we wouldn't eat any of our goats. But no. it's just because they're Nigerian dwarf goats. They're not meat goats. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not transmittable to humans. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, but it is uncurable and untreatable in goats, which is sad. It is really sad. But, you know, it sounds like there's really nothing you can do to. Is there a vaccine for that? I don't believe so. I didn't no. find any information saying that there was a vaccine. So I'm going to say no. Wow, I'm really glad you Googled that and corrected me because I would have felt <laughs> super dumb releasing that and having to wait a whole week to correct myself on that. Holy cow. It's all good. That is why we are a team. That's true. Well, it made me You're paranoid. like listening. You're like, Bev, you're not saying that right. Well, no, that wasn't it. You just kind of scared me for a minute. I went into like hypochondria mode because my two of my bucks have really itchy heads and I'm like, oh, my God, if they're itchy, do they have Johan's disease? And the answer is like, no, because they also have rapid weight loss and diarrhea if they have mm-hmm. this. And they have neither of those. They just have little, like, one of them has tiny scurs. And then the other one, I think, it just likes the attention. So... Yeah, we have a goat that every time we go near it, it uses us as a scratching post for its yep. head. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait till they get, like even bigger and bulkier and they start doing that and my I I affectionately call my left knee my tequila knee because anytime I drink um a lot and try to dance or walk on a beach or something that I don't normally do it pops in and out of place so it's been kind of acting up (laughs) the past couple days probably because of the weather and because I'm an old lady uh um, but they like head butted it and now it's been bothering me. So I'm like guarding my tequila knee anytime I go in there because oh, they no. use it. They either head butt it or they use it for a scratching post. <laughs> yeah. Scratching post is next on the list to build uh, yes. in our area for sure. Yes. We have brushes. We just haven't put them up yet. So, <laughs> so many goat chores. So, so little, little time. time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amen to that. Ugh. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in and hope you enjoyed the second episode of 2019. Yeah. Don't forget to take our survey and let us know your thoughts. Yes. And join our Facebook group. If you search We Drink and We Farm Things on Facebook, you'll see our Facebook page and then our Facebook group. We had a lot of uh, interaction in there this week. I love seeing that grow every single week. Um, So go check that out and become a part of our fun little community. Yeah. And review us in all the places. And if you really like us, hit that subscribe button and download our episodes. Yes, because that is a great way to support the podcast, like in a non-financial way. Um, Not that you need to financially or non-financially support us. But if you like us and want to, um, that is what people look at to see rankings and people want to sponsor us and all that fun podcast stuff. So make sure you go do that. Yeah. And don't forget that we sell merch. Uh, Sam makes a lot of super cool stuff. And that's over on our website at drinkandfarm.com slash shop. But we also have a second merch shop for all the stuff that I don't want to make, like shirts and hoodies. And we have these really cute camping cups. 
um, one of a unicorn uh, spooging positivity. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll just have to go look at drinkandfarmmerch.com. Yeah, and send us your farm stories. If Please. you have a story from your farm you think fellow listeners would like or could learn from or laugh at or cry from, send it to us. Yes, we will read that. And you can send that to us via direct message on Instagram. Our Instagram is at Drink and Farm. Or you can email them to drinkandfarm at gmail.com. Yeah, so drink. Farm. And And give give zero zero clucks. clucks. Bye, guys. Bye.